in Seattle, Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandDonsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 683 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show before we get out of here, uh, my son writes some affirmations, and he shared one that I want to share with you. He said it'd be okay to share. So I'm going to share this affirmation with you and see what you think. If you don't know what an affirmation is, uh, hang on. Also, Masters of the Air. Have you been watching uh, Masters of the Air? Uh, We can talk about it when we get to Masters of the Air. Okay. So anyway, Masters of the Air, new Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks. uh, They created Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and now they're back with the 100th. uh, And they are back in Europe. And these guys are flying the big B-17 bombers. And remember the young man that played Elvis a few months ago? Uh, Yeah, he is starring, and boy, is he handsome. I just look at him the whole time and I go, dude is so handsome. And then you put him in World War II, like, pilot gear. He looks amazing in it. He just does. So uh, we're going to talk about that because it's a little different. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's very different than Band of Brothers or the Pacific. They spent $250 million on this nine-part miniseries. Uh, And you're not going to believe what they've done to make sure that they get the stories Right. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Ron and I have both been through therapy, and I uh, just read an article that said therapy is not supposed to last forever. What say you? Uh, this was an interesting article. It was in the Atlantic, so it's like uh, it takes you five and a half hours to read the article. Um, but the basic premise is this. Um, they, they, they believed this, this author had a critique of people that are in perpetual therapy, uh, and talked about, there are a couple different layers to that. One is that it's a privilege to be able to afford to go to therapy. Most insurance companies don't cover therapy. Mm. So they're like, Hey, this is, you know, if you can afford to do that, like you, you should have an expiration date on it. The second one is, is that for some styles of therapy, it can actually be counterproductive the longer that you go. Mm. Uh, and he even brought up situations where people put children that don't need therapy into therapy when they're young. And it basically turns them into neurotic human beings because they look inward so much mm. in an unnatural way when you're changing rapidly. Uh, and then he goes through the different styles. Of, of therapy and he's like most of this stuff that your goal should be to stop therapy like you, you go in to get some specific tools in your toolbox and once you have those tools then stop going to therapy and use the tools and he's like doesn't mean that later down the road you can't re-engage but he's like a lot of people turn their therapist into a professional friend yeah and uh, i have to admit towards the end of my relationship with my therapist it it had become sort of a habit. We had we started off where I was going frequently, and then it became less frequent. And I think towards the end, it was maybe once every three weeks or something. And it was kind of a professional friend. Uh, I would have uh, things on my notes in my phone where it's like, oh, this will be something I want to talk about my therapist with. And it it got to where I was thin slicing 
some things to such a degree that it was sort of, I, I don't know, it, it had come to the end of its useful life in a way. And we both talked about that, me and her. And so I just, I, I ended it. And when and, and we decided, hey, I think you're, you're good to go. So there are times still where it's like, oh, I wish I had my therapist to talk to. But then I turned to like, okay, well, what do I think she would have said? And I sort of have some of the mantras and some of the, the common themes that we had covered over the years come back to me if I just pause and think about it for a minute and work through it. And the, the biggest one, and I use this all the time, it's so simple, is she would always tell me I would go into this elaborate setup and she'd go, what do you want? I'd be like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Or, so she's like, let's start with what you want and then work yourself out. And if you're, if your personality is similar to mine, you know what she means by that, where you can be concerned about everybody else and concerned about the process, concerned about the end result. You run through all the iterations of what could possibly happen, and you never actually stop to think about what you want. So well, what was your take on this thing? Well, the thing I appreciated, and you and I actually talked to the, the same person for a little while, and the thing that I loved in the beginning is she said, you know, my job is to sit here and make money. But my, but, but my professional job is to put myself out of business for you to not come here anymore. And she says, I'm a cognitive therapist, which means we are not going to live in the past. She said, if we live in the past and we go through your past, she said, you're so old. <laughs> We're going to be here for years and decades. We don't have time to do that. And wasn't she also like, hey, you can BS me all you want because I still get paid either That's way. That's what she said, yeah. So, so she said, write down your past because I have to have a reference for it and I'll read it. And she did. And I spent a lot of time writing down my, like I, I, I spent a week just, just constantly writing and I gave it to her and it was a lot of work, but it helped me in writing that down. It helped her to have a frame of reference. And then she's like, cognitively, we're going to sit here in the present, right? The rear view mirror is small. The windshield's big. And we're going to look through the front windshield and we're going to move forward. But every once in a while, we're going to look in the rear view and we're going we're, we're gonna, we're gonna to check in on those things, uh, which I thought was really helpful. We're going to give you tools. So when I'm not here, you have these tools that you can call upon. And that my favorite thing that she said to me is she would just look at me, uh, especially when I was all over the map, and she'd just say, she goes, you know what, Don? It's not your monkey and it's not your circus. <laughs> So, yeah, and I think it's really dangerous now, especially it, it is dangerous because there's so many books out there. There's so many TikTokers out there. There's so many people out there that, that are giving advice. I even make sure now that I'm really careful, even on this podcast, about the advice that I would share with other people, even in the way that I'm talking about this, because it's something that worked for me and maybe it doesn't work for you, uh, because everybody is so different. And some people may need to live in the trauma of their past with someone. They may need, they, they, they may need to do that. There's other people... Uh, that can do cognitive therapy and move forward. There's other people that need medication in order to do that because they deal with depression. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I don't deal with, with depression. So I, when I wake up every day, the, the glass mostly has always been half full and not half empty. So I'm very appreciative of that, but I have lots of friends where every day they wake up, no matter what they damn do, it, it's the, the glass is half empty and they have to work toward uh, and do lots and lots of things to get the glass, to see that glass being half full. So, so anyway, 
I, I, I was paying for someone in my family to go to therapy. They'd gone for a number of years. Things were not getting better. And I remember that my credit card had gotten, it expired. So the, the, the office ended up calling me and saying, Hey, we need a new credit card. And I'm like, I'm going to give you my credit card and it's going to be good for six months. And then that's it. Cause what this therapist was not doing was providing any tools or, uh, there, there was no toolbox. And when I would talk to this person in my family about it, it was, they were just going in there and crying and talk about their feelings. When you go to therapy, you have to do your work and your therapist is someone that you just check in with. Right. But it's you writing, it's you sitting with yourself. It's you taking time out to address things past, present and future to show up in your story, the way that you want to show up, but you're the one writing the story of your life. And a lot of times people want their therapist to write the story and tell them what to do. And that's not how it works. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, spring is about to sprung. No, the spring sprung. Did spring sprang did anyway, guess what? The founder's day sale is going on at Les Schwab now through March 2nd. That means spring is right around the corner. Days are getting longer. You're going to be traveling, and that's why you should stop by the Founders Day Sale Celebration. Right? Yeah, right now you can save up to $150 when you buy a set of four select tires. If you've been slip sliding around or maybe you got studs on your tires, you need to get those off, go to Les Schwab right now during the Founders Day Sale. They've been in our community for 70 years, a business you can trust. They've always been doing the right thing. That's why Don and I have partnered with them for over 10 years here on the Ron and Don Show. Go to the Founders Celebration Sale right now at your local Les Schwab. Save up to 150 bucks when you buy a set of four select tires. Les Schwab, they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, it's Ron here for Ron and Don Real Estate. Love those guys. So listen, I, I was out to lunch yesterday. A friend of mine's like, hey, when, when the, everything crashes, I want to buy a house on the water up on the islands. And I looked at him and I said, Danny... The market is not crashing. He goes, okay, well, when interest rates go back down to 2%, I want to buy that cabin. I said, Danny, this is the, this, the market is stabilized. Interest rates have pretty much stabilized. This is the market we have. So if you've been waiting on the sidelines going, as soon as things crash, as soon as prices comes down, as soon as we get back to the old interest rates, that is not going to happen in 2024. This is the market we have. And if you are ready to make a move, whether you need to sell or whether you want to buy in the Pacific Northwest, in fact, the entire state of Washington, Don and I are your team. So whether you're doing it or your friend or family, refer us to them and let's get a game plan together. Together. We call it a Ron and Don sit down. You can call me directly. You can email me, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Set up that sit down. Let's put a game plan together. This is the market we're in this year. It's stabilizing and it's going to start to heat up. So let's get a game plan together, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, just reach out. In fact, we just had a home for sale up in Edmonds, an Edmonds kind of day. If you want to see the way that we present a home, just go to edmondskindofday.com. That's at edmondskindofday.com. And the slogan in Edmonds, if you're from there, you know, it's an Edmonds kind of day. So check that out, and chances are we can present your house to the marketplace just like that. And I don't think there's any other realtor out there. Uh, that's marketing homes the way that Ron and I do in 
inside and outside the MLS because we sell the sound. All starts with a sit down. We sat down with them about a year ago. Ron and Don, sit down. Dot com. Uh, something I'm trying to do with my son is not watch TV aimlessly, uh, using it as an, an understanding. I only have, he's 13, going to be 14. I have a few years left with him, and I'm trying to use our TV time, not all the time, but at least one night a week uh, on Monday nights. We try to watch something that we feel is going to be educational or based on history. And so we have been watching Masters of the Air. If you haven't watched Masters of the Air, it's because you probably don't have Apple. It's on Apple. Uh, It is produced and backed by Steven Spielberg and also Tom Hanks. Austin Butler, who you know from the Elvis movie, who was incredible in that, uh, is in this movie as well. And, and there's a couple things about this movie that are different than Band of Brothers, all right? And then also a lot of people haven't seen The Pacific. If you've seen Band of Brothers, they go deep on Easy Company, right? And the interesting thing about Band of Brothers is why while you're watching the movie, they have interviews with all those men before they pass, like Dick Winters. He's in Band of Brothers, the actual Dick Winters. You see him speaking, and then you see the actor that plays him, right? They couldn't do that in the Pacific because most of those um, soldiers, Marine airmen, sailors are dead. And certainly in this movie now, because here we are, and this movie just came out in 2024, and with the Masters of the Air, this stars the 100th, and this is actually the 100th bomb group, World War II. Uh, and they are up in big B-17s. And they are flying during the day over a lot of German depots and submarine pens. Uh, the thing that you find out as you're watching Masters of the Air is that 77% of these men that would go up would never come back. of them would die. Incredible. You would have a group of 30 planes go out sometimes, and 12 would come back. And there are 11 men inside that aircraft. They would lose 600 men at a time. The British thought they were crazy. They're like, man, we don't, we don't bomb during the day. We, we, we bomb at night. All of a sudden, toward the end of the war, and we watched this the other night as well, here comes who? to protect these bombers, the black pilots, the Tuskegee airmen, the men that were told that they were too dumb to fly. And then all of a sudden, the Air Force started running out of pilots to escort these big B-17s, which are flying football fields, dropping bombs from the sky. Here comes the Luftwaffe taking them out. And so here comes that you don't see in the Masters. I haven't seen it yet. But here comes the Tuskegee Airmen who never lost a bomber that they escorted in World War II, and nobody else can say that. That's incredible. Here's the tough thing, though, about the Masters of the Air. And you see this with Tom Hanks' movie, Greyhound, also. That is about uh, World War II as well. There is so much CGI in it. I had to go and look. Are there any B-17s left that they actually flew in this movie? There's not. 
they had to recreate two B-17s that they could roll on the ground, but all the flying is done by CGI. It is very apparent when you watch Greyhound, Tom Hanks and Greyhound, or it's very apparent when you watch Masters of the Air that you are watching a lot of, you're just watching a lot of computers. I don't know if my son sees it because he's probably used to just looking at computers all the time. But Ron, that's that's the hard thing for me. Band of Brothers, I get to hear from Dick Winters. Master of the Air, I don't. When I look at Austin Butler, I'm like, that's Elvis in a cockpit. And... This 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 movie maybe needs Tom Hanks. I don't know. We're only halfway through it. I don't know if he shows up or not. But $250 million spent on this film. It's a 10-part series. What say you? Yeah, I, um, I have to be... I saw an interview with Tom Hanks that I did find interesting in this regard. He talked about the beauty of, for him and Spielberg at this point in their careers, is to have friends at Apple where basically if they come to Apple and say, we need... Six hours to tell this story. They're like, great. We need 12 hours to tell this story. Great. So whatever he feels like is the story. And like this is that's only existed in the past 10 years or so where someone of his stature, like before, it's like, hey, you either need to make it, uh, you know, two hours and 30 minutes long or you could go to PBS maybe and get a miniseries that's like three episodes. But for them to be able to dictate the terms is a new thing. And so he really, really likes that for for me. Like, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to say this in a way that is thoughtful because I know the importance of this story. I have to be in a very specific mindset to enter in to World War II history. And even when you and I were physically in Normandy uh, over in, in France and we were going to the cemeteries and going uh, to Normandy Beach and we did all those tours, I, I don't want to ever get to the spot where it's trivial to me that these were actual human beings that actually fought and died. And so sometimes when I'm watching a show like this, um, I start to pay attention to the show um, more than I'm paying attention to the reality of the show, if that makes sense. And I, I just have to, I have to be in a very specific state of mind to watch a show like this. Because it's to me, it's very heavy. And it's very important. Uh, and when you throw out those numbers, like 77% of those men uh, didn't come back, like we, we have this survivor bias uh, and this sort of hero, you know, storytelling bias that we're telling the stories of the survivors most of the time. We're telling the stories of the guys that didn't die. And, and obviously that makes sense because it'd be a very short miniseries if you told the story of a guy that was, you know, 19 years old, went up on his first flight and never came back. Like that's a one episode arc and you're done. So I, I understand that from a storytelling point of view. But for, for me, I, I've watched the first episode um, I appreciate what they're doing, but in terms of like, oh man, I'm going to binge watch this thing and I'm just going to roll right through it and I can't wait and I'm excited to watch it. I don't have that emotion because I sit there and, and I think about the, the numbers that you said. And I'm like, that is, just, it's, it's mind boggling. Like if it's a fictional movie where there's a body count, doesn't like I can watch Reacher 
doesn't bother me. I know that that didn't really happen. This is not a documentary series. It's a fictional series. So when, you know, 45 people die in an episode of Reacher, I'm like, okay, it's Reacher. It's a comic book. Like, it didn't really happen. But to sit there and watch a plane go down where it was real Americans in that fighting Germans, like you and I have walked through those fields where it's like on this side of the hedge, we're Americans that were scared blankless on the other side of the hedge is a bunch of 20 year old Germans that were ordered to fight and they're scared blankless and one wrong click and everybody's dead. Like once you've once for me, when I've done that, it just, again, I, I, my intention is to make it through this show, but I cannot binge watch it. And I don't feel excited for the new episodes in the same way because I know it's real. Yeah, I, I think those are good points. And I, I can't argue with that at all. For me, I have a little boy who one day could be swept up in the military. You have people in other Washington that make decisions about the rest of us. And this is certainly what happened during World War II. And, and, and we just knew there, there was going to be a body count. And there's conversations in the other Washington that are, okay, what's an acceptable body count? The president at the time got on the phone and said, and, and told Ford, I need bombers, I need bombers, I need bombers. They were, they were, they, in Detroit, they were creating a bomber an hour. Many of those bombers, because they were hard to fly, would crash on their way to the European theater. 36,000 men crashed just flying those planes, trying to get them to war. And then many of these young men who had never left their home state would end up in a European theater, for instance, and they would be dead within hours of going up on their first plane ride. So it's important to me that my son understands history, because if he understands history and his generation understands history, then hopefully you don't repeat history. And when you see all this saber rattling, and we saw it after 9-11, everybody wanted to go to war. How did that turn out? We will see you on the other side of this. Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him as Mitch.loans. Mitch, let's be honest, interest rates have been higher than they have been for the past couple years, but we're still seeing inventory. We're still seeing sales. What is happening right now if I just want to be a standard every day? I want to buy a house. Maybe it's my first house. Well, if it's your first house, there's still a lot of great products for first-time homebuyers. You can put as little as 3% down. Often, with a little more negotiating now, you can also get a seller to buy down some of those costs that have come with being a first-time homebuyer. And it's a great time to buy. Honestly, rent is 100%, as we've talked about. You're giving all your money to the landlord. Even if you're paying 8%, that is 92% better than what you're paying with rent. <laughs> it is. So uh, Mitch can help you out if you're a first-time buyer. Uh, you can go ahead and just go to Mitch.loans, talk to him, figure out if you qualify for one of these programs, and then start your real estate journey. You're not going to regret looking back in five or ten years and going, wow, I could have bought in 2023. Why didn't I do that? So stop waiting. Get in the game. Go to Mitch.loans. All right, you guys. Welcome back uh, to the Ron Don Show. Affirmations. Affirmations. Uh, 
I used to do too many of them. When I heard that people were doing affirmations, I try to do like an affirmation a day. And, and by, I do one on Monday, and then by the time I get to Tuesday, I have a different affirmation. Then I get to Wednesday, and I forget the one I was doing on Monday or Tuesday. It was too You're much. Po- post-it notes everywhere. Yeah. In too- your closet, on your mirror, <laughs> in your car. Yeah, too many affirmations. So I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do one affirmation a year. I'm not going to tell anybody what the affirmation is, and then I'm just going to do it the whole year. And when I get to the end of the year, we'll see how it goes. And then I'll usually share the affirmation at the end of the year, uh, maybe with my friends, maybe publicly, maybe just privately. And then I have a second affirmation that my son and I decide that we're, we're going to do. And there's usually actions around that affirmation. Is so it you're good enough. You're smart enough. And <laughs> yeah. People something like, like that. So anyway, we, I, we have our affirmations for the year that we started in January and then we try to do some work around those along with that. I will take my affirmation. I have a closet, uh, where I get dressed and Boy, as I get older, does it look scarier when I go in there and I stand in front of that full frontal mirror. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Anyway, I can't put clothes on fast enough. So uh, and I'll have my affirmation in there, and then I usually have some pictures, some pictures that I've taken, and I'll tape those pictures up. And so I currently have pictures in my closet up, and they're, they're tied to my affirmation. I, I think maybe he saw that because I noticed that he started doing affirmations too. And so because we've never ac- actually talked about putting them up in the mirror or doing anything. And so I had seen, I was cleaning the house the other day. I saw some of his affirmations and I said, hey, the, these are really amazing. Would you mind? Because I said, the, the, there's ones here that are very personal. Uh, would you mind if I shared a couple of these, these publicly? And, and he said, okay. So, uh, I think these are really, really good. You guys, I'm going to share three with you that he's written. Number one, the more knowledge, you know, the more knowledge, you know, the more you're worth, the more knowledge, you know, the more you're worth. Number two, he said, the less you take care of something, the more it'll come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> pretty good wisdom. <laughs> and then the final one uh, that I could share is it says, never tell anyone how much you lift unless it's necessary. <laughs> how old is he? Like 13, 14? He's 13. Those are pretty good for 13 years old. He'll be 14 in April. Never tell anybody and anyone how much you live. How much you bench, bro? Unless it's necessary. That's so, very funny. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really do appreciate you. If you're thinking about listing your home, go to this website, and edmondskindofday.com. See how we present a home. Take a look at the pictures. Take a look at the custom video that Ron's starring in. It's really great. Uh, and I don't know that there's a lot of realtors out there that, that create websites actually for their very own listing. So we could do that for you, too. It all starts with the Ron and Don sit-down. That sit-down started about a year ago, and We've been doing lots of sit-downs lately with people from Bothell to Kenmore, down to Federal Way, Tacoma, Gig Harbor, all the way up to Everett, and, of course, in Edmonds. What's up, Eastside? Yeah. So if you need us, just reach out. We are here for you at EdmondsCountyDay.com. And, of course, yeah, we just did one in Magnolia here as well and right here on Queen Anne Mountain. Hey, if you need us, uh, just reach out because we do have a buyer's playbook and a seller's playbook, and there's lots of buyers that are headed back into the market right now now that interest rates have kind of stabilized, right? Yeah, you can reach me directly, Ron, at RonandDon.com or, as the website Don just mentioned, Ron and 
www.sitdown.com. Let's start the conversation now. Uh, I've got multiple clients that we're working with on different timelines, and we are here to help carry the load for you. Yeah. All right. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. And don't forget, do not, under any circumstances, tell anyone how much you lift unless necessary. (laughs) You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. (laughs) 